Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN Show, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything we do are in the show notes. On Mondays, we break down large trends from the news and discuss why it matters to you in our weekly Green Tagged series, co-hosted by Scott Swenson and myself. And check back tomorrow for our weekly haunt news roundup. Okay, here's this week's installment of Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. From our studios in Los Angeles and Abu Dhabi, this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. And this week, I guess we're going to start off with a little bit of politics one of Philip's okay, favorite subjects. Go. Just diving yeah, right in. Stand by, rant on the way. Oh. Just wanted to warn everybody, political rant is coming, probably from him or me. We'll just see. Gosh. All right. Well, we're going to, we have, a, I think, three stories, three wide stories. And the first thing that we're, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is the uh, Biden denouncing airline and hotel fees in the State of the Union speech. This this was a while back. We've just kind of been holding the the politics stuff for like one one section. Uh, and uh, basically, you know, in Biden's State of the Union address, he, he mentioned the fees by name. And I think it, it got a lot of play mainly because it kind of, it was a little bit joke, <laughs> like the, the famous kind of meme that was generated where he talked about that resorts will charge you resort fees and they're not even resorts kind of a thing. So I do think part of it was, is, is really just, uh, picking on something that people would agree with and like, like a wide appeal. I think that that definitely is a piece of it. Um, but I, I think it's still important. All three of these stories are just going to be important for our industry because they kind of dictate that, you know, I, I don't know how much that businesses want to, would want to go against public opinion or not. You know, I, I don't, I don't know about it. Um, having studied hotel and tourism, uh, you know, when I was in college, we did a whole unit on resort fees and whatnot. And I actually, I'm not sure how I feel about them. You know, I think originally when, when I was in the hotel business and we were studying it, Really what it was, was a way to almost line item out the tax, mm-hmm. basically. Like it was like, it's it's basically like the, the hotel wants, it's a more of a, a, a positioning type of thing where the hotel wants to explain that they're not responsible for all these taxes. So they, they split out everything as much as they can. Um, but I, I, I do kind of believe that they have gotten out of hand kind of, again, just with my own, you know, because I, I have experienced this kind of thing firsthand, which is kind of why I thought it was so interesting because I, I, I travel a lot. We, you know, we both do, I think travel a lot. And I, let me tell you, I'm crazy. I'm a crazy person. I will have my spreadsheet out and I will look at the places I'm looking at staying. I will be like, how much is the parking? And is there a resort fee? And if it is how much? And I, I don't know. I, I, I think that the the trend we're going towards is more price transparency. And I think this is part of it. And I, I think it's kind of the backlash that has, is coming from so much of the nickel and diming that we have seen um, that's kind of reached its inflection point. So I definitely think that it's, it, it's, a, it's a thing. And I've noticed that one of Airbnb's biggest moves 
recently has been to allow you to see all of the fees together because Airbnb had a similar backlash where they had a backlash for the cleaning fees where it's like, you know, if you're staying somewhere and they're telling you to take out the trash and which again, I've done all of that, right? I've, I have stayed at places with coworkers where I've had coworkers complain to me that we have to do all the cleaning. And I'm like, I don't care. We have to, you know, we're going to do it because we're not going to leave this place, you know, a mess. So we're going to do it anyway. But, but I have felt that same frustration. And I think it's interesting that Airbnb's response is fine. We're going to crack down on it. They, they did crack down on it severely. And they also have made an option where you can see everything for your total, everything all inclusive when you look at the, at choosing a thing. And so I kind of think this is divergent pass, you know, and, and personally, my just personal experience with it is I prefer the Airbnb option because I want to know, like, I want to be able to just see the number. What is the number? How much does it cost to stay here? Just tell me, you know, I just want to know. So I I don't, I don't know, Scott, do you think this is something that we need to pay attention to? Is it going to, am I just overthinking it? Like, is it going to impact us in, in kind of what we do? You overthink things, Philip? Never. I'll never, never in a million years. No, I, I, here's, here's the thing, you know, it, the pendulum has swung back and forth on this so many times. Um, do you make it all inclusive? Do you, do you lead with, here's the price uh, with a little, you know, minuscule addendum, which says plus applicable fees, all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm of the ilk that I, I <clears throat> I'm with you. I want to know, I don't care about it all broken, <coughs> excuse me, I don't care about it all broken out. I want to know what is the final, what is the bottom line? And then I can, then if I choose to look at it further than I can, I, I think I, I'm yeah. curious to see if, you know, if this goes, if, if the idea of um, fees, let's just call them fees for the moment, um, yep. goes any further. And then we can find that there are um, additional resort fees added to things that aren't necessarily resorts, as we've been saying, or, or things that aren't necessarily. It, yeah, I. When, whenever let me let me take this just completely out of the realm of 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 the uh, attractions industry. Whenever I search for things online when I'm going to buy them, I always search. You have the option to search certainly on Amazon of uh, cheapest price plus shipping. Um, you can do that on, on mm-hmm. eBay too. It's price plus shipping, cheapest to highest or highest to, to lowest or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't want to compare that you're going to you're going to sell me something for ten dollars and then charge me fifteen dollars to ship it, or somebody else is going to give me free shipping and charge me twenty dollars for it. So I, I and I do understand I do understand the uh, industry. The, the, the hotelier industry saying, look, we don't want you to think that we're charging this much for our rooms. We're not. Um, we're charging this much, and then we are required to charge this much based on fees and taxes. And, and where this is really horrendous is, is, I think, still in Las Vegas. I mean, Vegas obviously has some of the, yep. some of the highest resort taxes, uh, or sorry, resort fees in the world, I think. Um, certainly the ones that I've experienced, and I, I'm not that much of a world traveler, but... Uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't really know how this is going to impact our industry. I just want to make sure that we keep an eye on it so that um, what, however we need to present our pricing, we're able to do it 
in a way that doesn't deter guests from purchasing our product. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I, I would say that's exactly the reason I wanted to bring it up that I thought was important was not just because I kind of think any time that you have the president drawing attention to a specific thing in, in your industry, it is important. And I, I just think that we need to just take a little look at any of the fees we're looking at potentially charging people for this and that. And you, I think you look really no further than, you know, Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. I mean, that that's Disney. And I think people give them, they've got a lot of backlash mm -hmm. for it, right? But but that's that same premise of that could, that, uh, uh, the reason a lot of people don't, the reason that a lot of the, the I won't say classic or the, the the previous Disney fans you know disliked it so much is is basically that the same thing is it it looks mm -hmm. like a fee it's like here's you know a fee you get charged to go in the park but then you also get charged potentially for the extra stuff if you want a guarantee to do it but but anyway so I think it's it's just a uh, it's all part of this this discussion that clearly clearly I think my my last point is it's just it's being elevated to the next kind of mm -hmm. the next level here and that's that's my point is it's kind of getting out of our academic discussion and more into like something everyday people would probably dislike but um anyway the the next kind of clump of stories we have is just the whole desantis nonsense um he penned an article for the wall street journal called why i stood up for disney um and of course there let me clarify uh, it wasn't why whole, i stood up for disney it was why i stood up to disney stood up to disney he did not <laughs> sorry, and i, I repeat, my he did not stand up for disney sorry philip go ahead Great, great, uh, great, great <laughs> catch there. But yeah, essentially, uh, this is a continuation of a story that we've already covered, but their their new kind of um, management board, essentially, that they created has taken, has officially taken over the control and he's making it into a big press thing. I, there's so, I, I don't know what to say about this because I think anything I say is going to frustrate me, but essentially, um, the, the, the takeaway for the audience, in my opinion, on this is just it's again, it's back to we've been talking about the same thing for a long time is where is the line in terms of your policies? And and I think it's all getting muddy, you know, <laughs> back in my day or, you know, back even I'm sure Scott will have I want to, you know, back even further. Philip just called me like, old again. It didn't Philip used just to called be me so old crazy. again. Did you hear him do that? <laughs> I just want to point that out. Well, me too. Back in Scott's day, you know. It, <laughs> it didn't, I, I just feel like, you know, it, it I, I think there's so much more to consider now in terms of, uh, it, it seems like now even our, potentially even your employment policies or benefits from a company standpoint could generate negative PR, basically. I think that that's to, to right. me, that's and I think the we, takeaway. I think we need to, I think we need to take a half a step back, Philip. And I, what I'd love for you to do is to just clarify to our listeners specifically the the key points as to as you understand them as to why DeSantis did stand up to Disney from the DeSantis point of view yeah this I'm doing this just to make him angry by the way I just want you to yeah ah uh, so frustrating uh so basically there was the uh don't say gay bill it dubbed the you know the the dub the don't say gay bill that, mm -hmm. that came out and of course um at first my understanding of the timeline is at first Disney didn't have really a stance Correct. on it, but the employees did a protest about the situation and 
you know, there's a lot of internal discussion about it. So basically all Disney did was just kind of make a statement that they kind of supported their, their employees right to be themselves and that kind of a thing. Um, and, and basically DeSantis did not like that. And he immediately went on the attack about, um, the woke ideology of Disney and has since spawned a whole series of just accusing Disney of, trying to push a political agenda with their content as a, as kind of like an editorial company that they're pushing an agenda, et cetera, et cetera. So in his retaliation to it was to begin the process to take away their, their status of, of being kind of able to manage their own, their own little Island of, of Disney, <laughs> Disney in the area. Uh, and absolve the, the Reedy Creek Improvement District and or, or dissolve it. So uh, the process took about a year, I believe, and it's finally kind of complete. And now there's a kind of a board that's going to have to sign off on on some of the some of the big improvements that they're or changes they're going to make to the area. And it just it's just every part of it is is uh, is interesting uh, because nobody nobody on the board was allowed to have any theme park experience. So everybody is coming from, from stuff like there's no voice on, on the, on the board that has any related experience whatsoever. Um, so they don't even kind of have the perspective of somebody, uh, in the industry. So, um, and now here we are and, and he's continuing, you know, just reiterating his points about how he's standing up to the Disney corporation and they shouldn't be allowed to do whatever they want and push agendas and blah, blah, blah. Um, so in other words, what he's doing is he's weaponizing politics. He's weaponizing policy yes. um, to push a personal agenda or, or a perceived party agenda. And the reason I say perceived party agenda is because there are many, many people who um, are of the same political party as Ron DeSantis who disagree yeah. with this particular yeah. point. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> I, I yeah. find it interesting that, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to take it a little, a little different angle. I'm going to take the don't say gay bill out completely. I'm going to say that was really the smokescreen. It was a yeah. trap. Yeah. It was, it was, it was the smokescreen yeah. that they could use to, yeah. um, to dissolve the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which, by the way, is it, let, let's simplify it even more. It's what gave Disney home rule, in yeah. essence, within yeah. the state of Florida, um, yeah. and and it gave them, yeah. you know, significant. It gave them significant uh, tax advantages. It gave them significant operational advantages within the state of Florida, and it was one hundred percent necessary in order to get the Walt Disney World Resort built um, because it needed to because yes. of the the amount of. It needed, they the, needed infrastructure. the infrastructure and because yeah. of the amount of yeah. size and yeah. the amount of money it would bring into the state of Florida, um, it was, it was what was best really for, uh, and don't misunderstand me. It was, it was excellent for the Walt Disney corporation. It was, it was phenomenal for them. It was a huge boon for their, their ability to build the parks. Um, and there's, uh, there was there's been some rumblings in the state of Florida where it's like for before this all happened was regarding gosh they don't need that anymore why are they still why do they still have home rule and DeSantis got 
wind of this and thought, yeah, you're right. This on paper, we could we could change this, and it would put a lot more money in the Florida coffers. Um, and then the moment certain people hear that, they think that's great. Let's do it. Let's push for it. But he couldn't go after it directly, so he went after it indirectly. Created a smokescreen. It's it is it's two completely unrelated things that have become related in order to um, move forward his agenda. Uh, that's my perspective on the, on the situation. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I'm going to really go out on a limb, and Philip, you may disagree with me, but I'm not even sure whether the Reedy Creek Development, or Reedy Creek Improvement District is necessary anymore because that's not my area of expertise. Um, but I will say that it is going to make it much more challenging for Disney to expand in the future. And that's, I think, the big point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree. And I'm not, also not an expert on it. And I also, I don't think we know enough yet. Like, we don't know how they haven't really made any decisions. This panel hasn't done anything yet. People haven't, we haven't seen the ramifications of it. But honestly, I, I, <laughs> the reason I think it's important to our listeners is just because of that, the the weaponizing of it against, you know, against what we do against our industry. And I just, I think that there was no way for Disney to get out of this mm-hmm. unscathed. Like either you upset your cast members and we're all struggling with staffing and it just makes it difficult or, you know, you, you get caught into this, back and forth where, you know, you have DeSantis writing about you in the Wall Street Journal. Like, it's just, it's like, there, there's no, it's like, there's no way out of it, really. And, and you know, I I don't, again, and then again, you had to wonder, like, are they just gonna, you know, is your way out to just stop investing in Florida and just kind of move on to China or <laughs> move on to places where there's, you know, where you're not going to, not going to be as crazy. I don't well, know. and it's and and it's not. I mean, you know, I'd move on to <clears throat> China, which is now I think has moved down in the in the attractions industry uh, growth location yeah. right now. Um, you know, and it's and it's part of the reason that that I think Texas has become more interesting to a bunch of a bunch of uh, IPs and brands. Yeah. Um, I think it's why Abu Dhabi is more interesting and the UAE in general. Why Saudi Arabia has become more interesting uh, because they've got the money they've got and they have the ability, th- the way the governments are set up, to basically clear the path for this kind of investment. Now, again, I'm not saying yeah. any of those are right or wrong. I'm just pointing out what's what's happening and by taking actions like this to me it seems that it's it's DeSantis's way of what he thinks he's doing is getting more money in the coffers for the state of Florida what in essence he's doing is to push expansions outside of Florida if not outside the United States um and I think the takeaway for everybody because you know this if you are a, a small independent owner of, of a, an FEC and, and yeah. you know, you're like, well, what, what does this have to do with me? What it has to do with you is just be aware of what's happening in your own town politically. Because, you know, I know that you follow yeah. what city council is doing. Look at redistricting. Look at, at all those things. Because that's basically what has happened here. I mean, in the, in the, the simplest yeah. possible terms, as I understand them, in the simplest possible way, because, again, not an expert, um, it has been... Uh, with home rule being taken away, there is a new board in place that will make these kinds of decisions. And there may not be anything wrong with it. There may not be anything wrong with it. But it happened <clears throat> as a um, 
a volley in a, as a battle in a war. And that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong about it. It's not wrong because this, this yeah. new panel is going to destroy everything. It's wrong because it was put into place as a battle within a war. And I just think, how how do you stay out of, like, how do we stay out of the battles in the future? Because I think in the past it was it was kind of just like you just don't you don't the companies don't make political statements. Like you know, it, in in the past it was like you just you don't have to worry about it because you you're not you you know you're you're not a political entity. You know, you're a theme park. And but it seems like that's not going to do it anymore because you know, this, the, the cast was upset. So it's kind of like you, you have to, you have to do something, but they're waiting, you know, he was waiting for, it doesn't matter what they did. He was going to do something. So like, how, how do you, how do we go forward? How do, how do we avoid this thing? I mean, either you upset your cast or, or you, you, you upset the politics. Well, and I think I, that, I and I think that the cast overreacted too, quite honestly. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, it put Disney kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, and the, yeah, and the no fact out, that yeah. and the fact that the Don't Say Gay Bill and the Reedy Creek um, dissolving, like I said, have nothing to do with one another. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. It is it is one of those you did this, so I'm going to do this. It's it's a it's two five year olds argue, arguing at a playground. So um, how do we avoid it? We elevate ourselves above it. Um, you know, we basically say here's here's what we're saying. Here's what we believe as a company, as a corporation. And, you know, I know that Disney has to play nice with the state of Florida um, because they have a huge investment there, huge investment. And at the same time, if Florida were smart, they would play nice with Disney and Universal and the other major brands that have huge investments there because they bring people to the state. They bring money in. So, uh, yeah. It's it. It kind of goes back to it. Kind of goes back to an '80s movie, um, uh, War Games. How, how do you how do you win how do you win the global thermonuclear war? You don't play. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, both sides have to do. Yeah. That. Well, I yeah I I I've, I think that's going to become. I, I think my point is this is going to become increasingly difficult to, to walk the line. And I, my, my takeaway would be, you need to sit down with your leadership and have a difficult conversation. And that difficult conversation is going to be, if we were in this situation, what would we have done? Are we, you know, how, how, how are, <laughs> where are the lines? How are we going to stick to the policy? I mean, I think you, you need to have those discussions earlier rather than later, because I, I do think it's going to become increasingly difficult. And anyway, the, the last story in this, in this, uh, bundle is, is again a related, just less of of uh, we'll we'll kind of see. the The last story was just the, the story about what's going on in Tennessee with the the kind of the ban on drag performances and what's going on there. Um, just just because um, it's impacting some of the the basically the theme parks in the area and their ability to do programming because because basically now they, they can't, a lot of them that did pride celebrations or that did had drag show components or that, that kind of stuff, they can't do that anymore. So again, I think that's going to be the same type of uh, line. Like <laughs> I'm just, I'm very interested to see like, what are those parks going to say? Uh, you know, if maybe it won't become an issue, but it just, it seems like it's a, it's very similar line 
a smaller, smaller stakes, but potentially, but, but it might, it, it's like, a if, if somebody asks how come, um, there's, you know, there's not a drag, like this isn't happening again, like it was previously, or, you know, that that's kind of a thing, um, is the park going to be required to make a statement? And if they do like what, um, are they going to upset their workforce? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it might be a non-issue at this point time. I'm just kind of, again, trying to, the takeaway for me, why I brought this section is just understanding that this is a landscape that we're going into that we really, I don't think, have experience. Well, and although it's not Hershen themselves, but, you know, Dolly has already come forward and said, you know, I dress more provocatively than any other drag queen. Um, I wonder if they're going to ban me. Yeah. So um, I'm paraphrasing that that quote. She was much yeah. more clever. But, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's, and I know she's, like I said, I know it's, it's Hershen Entertainment, but it's called yep. Dollywood. So to the guests, to the to, to yep. the normal, regular, everyday guests, it's her park, and she's speaking on behalf of it. So um, I think mm-hmm. that ties mm-hmm. into exactly what Philip was saying, and that is when you have these discussions, have them earlier, and get out in front of these problems. Don't let them come yep. to get you. I think you know for years, for years, theme parks were terrified. To, to be controversial, to get out in front of, of issues that they could see coming up on the horizon. And they would just stick their heads in the sand and sometimes to, to catastrophic uh, outcomes. So uh, we, we're not there anymore. And you, if you get out in front of it, then other people have to um, appear to be on the attack so that you don't have to appear to be on the defensive. Um, if, you have a, yeah. if you have a statement, if you have... Um, a moral compass for your company, whatever that may be, get out in front of it and let people know what it is so that they can choose to support your brand or not. Um, and that way it, it sort of takes any of the, the steam away from anyone who wants to come after you, whether it is, you know, political weaponry or whether it is uh, special interest groups or whatever, um, because you've already made the statement. You've made the statement. Here is what we believe. And uh, if you can do that, it makes, if you can get out in front of it, if you can be the first one to strike, then you, you don't seem like the petty one who's trying to pick you apart. All right. Well said. Let's, let's, ugh, let's walk away from this. <laughs> let's talk about some uh, expansions. Yes, fun new um, things. We're, yes, fun new things. Uh, fun new things. Always, always good. So I'm going to read some excerpts here. In Park Magazine put together a great article kind of outlining all of the new updates coming to the Six Flags parks across all of their different parks for 2023. And I thought there were three things that were the most interesting to me. First is Six Flags Fiesta Texas is doing E6 Gaming, a 5,000 square foot esports arena and campus with 50 custom built PC stations, five console stations with the newest next gen consoles, and a live esports tournament event stage. I think that's that's so cool. Um, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is also going to debut a rainforest trail that will transport guests to a lush tropical environment where they will encounter free-flying butterflies, colorful fish, a sloth, and other exotic wildlife. I guess sloths are exotic. Uh, more animal adventures will await guests in the new shark experience featuring audio and visual enhancements. 
And then in Six Flags New England, they are bringing in the latest in animatron technology with Dino Off-Road Adventure. Families can experience an attraction that combines animatronic technology and modern ingenuity. Guests will embark on an off-road journey with life-size dinosaurs, immersive environments, audio interactive guides, and educational elements. So I like these three. I really again I like I love the e-gaming, especially the the live tournament area. I think that is I'm so curious to see how that's going to pan out. I think that that's the same kind of trend that Universal was kind of hinting at in their their other stuff. And then I like this wildlife, also this little wildlife thing. But I'm wondering if I'm wondering if the wildlife will be successful. And I can't help but think that it's a substitution for IP. Like <laughs> you you know it, it's kind of like um. I, I don't. I just. I don't know, Scott. What. What. What do you think? To me, it kind of seems like. Uh, IP in, well, better. in our last show, yeah, it, but it's more expensive. It's more expensive, and That's so true. in our in our last That's true. show, That's true. Yeah. Um, we talked about about Universal rebranding and 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 becoming um, destinations and experiences. And you mentioned that you thought it was perhaps a way for them to test the waters, um, to to do some mm-hmm. some really practical and potentially profitable R and D. I think that's exactly what this is, only yeah. instead of finding new locations, they're finding new elements that they can add to Flags Parks. Because every single one of these, you know, the common denominator of the three things that you selected is they are outside of the go-to for Flags Parks. Yeah. Yes, they're not the thrills. Yeah. Now, there's plenty of thrills. Like, if you go of look course. at the list, every almost everything else on the list is is thrills. I selected the things that were not thrills on purpose just to highlight exactly what you said, Scott. But I I just, I don't, I don't know, like the dino off-road adventure like that, you know, the, the justice league attraction didn't work. Yeah. So I'm not sure what makes the dino thing different because justice league was an IP and it was arguably, you know, I don't know how this is going to be, but it was, it was well done and executed and it was an IP and it didn't work. Uh, so I, I don't know why dinosaurs. Well, are make dinosaurs it. are evergreen. Dinosaurs, you know, every guess, every yeah, eight to twelve true. year old child loves a dinosaur, and every grown up sees a dinosaur and becomes an eight to twelve year old. So I, I think that dinos are. I think dinosaurs are an IP. I mean, they continue the these the, the dinosaur attractions, and there are several companies that do them. Continue to tour. Um, continue to make money. Um, zoos, you know, I've got zoo clients all over the United States that have done dinos in the past and they always go, yeah, it's a cash cow. They just can't do it every year because then it's like mm. dinos just keep coming back. Um, so they have to let dinos go extinct before they can bring them back. Uh, we'll see what happens with Six Flags New England. Um, I, I think I think dinos makes a lot of sense. But once again, as we've said with so much of the, of the new product over the last uh, month or so, is it all comes down to the execution. Um, my bigger concern, no, my true. bigger concern is, and, and you hinted at it, is, is the uh, animal adventure element um, in Six Flags. Uh, animal parks are difficult. I've worked for them for many years, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that Flags has put in all the infrastructure they need in order to make this happen. And that's not just the physical infrastructure, but also the human infrastructure and the policies to take care of animals uh, in an appropriate way so that you, they're not introduced too quickly, so that they're not um, uh, overcrowded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is not the same as putting in a roller coaster at all. 
So I hope they've got that going because otherwise it's just going to blow up in their face. Uh, to me, the one that's the most in line with with flags and their and their thrill brand is the e-gaming, and I'm not an e-gamer, so it yeah. I, it serves it has absolutely yeah. no interest to me personally. But that's okay because I am not. I haven't been to a Six Flags park in many years, so I'm not the Six Flags target audience. So. I, I think yeah. that just like just like Universal Studios is doing with their rebrand, um, I think that Six Flags is using this as an opportunity to test the waters in some new ways to expand what it means to be a Six Flags park. Now, I know what it means to be us at uh, Green Tagged because our name says it. It's Theme Park in 30, and we're already done. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. On behalf of Philip Hernandez and myself, Scott Swenson, this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30, and we will see you next week. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.